morning, Neil. Thank you very much for returning to the podcast. Very excited about having you on today. And we're getting into winter 2021-22. And one of the huge problems that our industry, like a lot of industries out there, um, are trying to solve is having enough men and women to work the open positions they have to, in order to service the client correctly. Uh, this labor gap is a huge, huge expanse to, to, to kind of bridge. What are you seeing out in the community? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It is uh, far worse than I've ever seen and, and heard about. And uh, when I look at the 10-year trends of uh, people on unemployment versus unfilled jobs, we're picking right back up where we were pre-pandemic um, on this this trajectory. Uh, today, at the end of August, we've got uh, 10.1 million open jobs and 8.7 million people on unemployment. So already not enough people to work global uh, across the U.S. Mm-hmm. And and we're we're getting bigger and bigger as a gap, right? So um, everything pandemic related to workforce and you know the conversation around well if unemployment benefits expire or bonus benefits expire then we're going to get back to work it's just not true and and it's going to be uh more and more difficult to find those people so uh it's definitely go time for this winter you know in talking with a lot of the industry leaders and not only in our industry but also in other service industries there's a very strong belief that Um, When they're successful securing people to come work for their company and to retain them, uh, um, the potential workers, what they're looking for is they're looking for a strong culture to work for. And and, and that seems to be the real key right now in in attraction and retention. But I believe, and and I'd love to know what you think about this, I think there's a lot of... um, maybe a confusion or misunderstanding about what exactly uh, a culture is within a company? Sure. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. Culture is definitely the key. But at the end of the day, you know, my favorite definition of company culture is simply the way that we do things here. And uh, that can be very different. And it's going to reflect the shared values of the team. So I'll give you a quick example, right? I used to work at Case Snow Management. And we had a very, um, we, we really embraced technology. Uh, you could describe us a little bit as corporate. We were very aggressive and competitive, um, not just in the market, but internally. And uh, you saw that in our branding and in our growth, but I also felt it, right? And we mm-hmm. were very organized and, and advanced technologically, and that worked for us. And I recently was coaching a company that was very the opposite in a lot of ways. And um, they preferred to be very adaptable. And one way this showed up was uh, people could request vacation days, basically the day of, mm-hmm. and uh, they would get approved. And that was like, okay. And, and for me, it was really weird because it was not my experience at all. And, you know, it was just a different way of doing things, right? So culture is just how do we do things here? And you can have whatever culture you want, but there are specific items that make a culture good and specific things that make a culture not good. And and most businesses have no clue what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times I ask uh, uh, a business leader or an owner, tell me a little bit about your culture. And uh, I can't tell you how many times they say, well, you know, uh, we do a company cookout or, you know, we do have a, we have a barbecue uh, once a month. Yeah. And, and I think they're missing a the point there that exactly what you were talking about, the, that 
that's great, but that's not your culture. You know, it's nice that people um, are feeling valued and appreciated and want to have fun together. And I, and I endorse that, right? Like I'm not anti-barbecue, but the idea that giving somebody a hot dog a few times a year is going to make them want to work harder for you is just ludicrous, right? And uh, when I log on to LinkedIn and it's just um, a bunch of people bragging about their latest opportunity to give their people food it's like are you really moving the needle man or is that all you got because it wouldn't it wouldn't entice me to go work for you right mm -hmm. you know you you mentioned before about um exploring some things about when it comes to culture what works and what doesn't and i yeah. was wondering if you could expand a little bit more on that uh beyond beyond the cookout yeah uh, sure you know, what else what else is not working out there that you know may be an eye-opener for uh, business leaders who thought it was working for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I think um, the, the science on this is really not new, right? Like we've had 50, 60, 70 years of behavioral science. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm certified with the Gallup organization and really use a lot of their um, constructs and data when determining this, right? And so while culture um, is very much a stylistic expression and, and, you know, it could be barbecues, it could be adaptable, it could be corporate and buttoned up. What is important are these 12 items behind employee engagement, right? Mm -hmm. So the very most basic one is I know what's expected of me at work. And when I tell people that you got to make sure expectations are clear, they're kind of just waiting for me to get to number two because they go, well, we have a job description, right? We've told people what to do. But the reality is expectations are far more nuanced. And so I'll give you an example, Mike. If I were to shoot you a text message, how long is an appropriate amount of time for you to respond to that text message? Uh, my, uh, my policy is I try to respond immediately, but I would have to say that being on the other end of that and sending out a text, it could be anywhere from five minutes to five hours. It could be, right? And for some people I talk to, they say, well, do you know what's it about? And this is a Friday afternoon, right? And my point is not what's your time because – we can all have our own. But my point is that this is an expectation around basic communication that varies greatly from person to person. How you respond to text messages, how do you communicate via email? You know, is a phone call more urgent than a text or not? Mm -hmm. And 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 that's just one very small example of how do we do things here, right? Mm -hmm. When do you show up? When are you allowed to leave? What's the flexibility? Who do I talk to about what? And in snow organizations with all the seasonality of employees. And if I ask somebody like, who's the boss or who's your manager, I get a, a whole bunch of, well, it depends if the issue is this or that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's these expectations just are not clear at all. And people are um, unsure about where they stand and unsure about how to be successful, let alone, you know, the basics of what are we doing on the job site and when. Mm -hmm. So expectations are, are really nuanced. Only one in two employees, only 50% of employees say they're clear about workplace expectations. And we got to deliver on that at that basic needs level, right? Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we can go all the way to the top level of growth. And the number one thing that millennials want in a job today is growth and development opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so if we're trying to hire seasonal people, what are we doing to help them grow and progress? And I can tell you stories about, um, you know, people who have come to me 
straight out of the prison system and signed on as a part-time snow shoveler. And now they're walking around wearing nicer shoes than I do running a fleet of mechanics. Mm -hmm. And they finally have this stable full-time job with all the benefits that they wanted because they took opportunities over, you know, five years to learn and grow, but those opportunities were available to them. Mm -hmm. And so if you're having trouble hiring these seasonal people, you got to be able to tell them a story about where they could go. And this wasn't charity, right? Mm -hmm. This, this guy in particular, you know, stepped it up. He, he won Simon's employee of the year, not too long ago. Oh, wow. Right. Because he was actually willing to get there. And Mm -hmm. so this, this was just, is there a path for me to go where I want to go? And most people don't, but everybody should have that opportunity. And if they do, they work super hard. Mm-hmm. My my best snow shovelers, I have to tell you, were um, guys that were in a, a faith-based addiction recovery program. They gave up 18 months of their, their life uh, to check into this program and to try and get sober from whatever addiction that they had. And the prog- they lived at the campus and uh, in their last six months, they were allowed to come work for me, snow shoveling. And I'll tell you what, after a year of making progress with six months more to go to their goal, and they were feeling like they were growing and progressing in their personal life, they would shovel and, and go go to lengths that nobody else would mm-hmm. because they were so they, they had this mission and purpose and, and progress towards this goal. And we were able to make that align in this great win-win. And they were my best guys ever out of all the thousands of people I had the opportunity to work with. You know, it's interesting. All those things you mentioned, the things that I, that one word I thought that came to my mind was structure. Yeah. You know, those individuals who may have come out of the uh, the correctional system, they had spent their time in a very structured existence. Those people who are in rehab or, you know, um, they're living a very structured existence resistance no question about what's expected of where they're supposed to go when they're supposed to do eat shower do this do that and it sounds like obviously work shouldn't be prison but at the same time you as a leader you should be providing this like no question structure to your uh your labor force as well yeah and that doesn't mean that you know it runs like a military unit where you don't have any say it's a Mm -hmm. it's a collaborative effort right Mm -hmm. and um I run things with high structure, but then I learned to create a lot of adaptability and flexibility within that structure, right? So Mm -hmm. let's get crystal clear on the deadline and what our next decision is going to be, but we can take our time and do our own research. And this is how I mentor people, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. We have to get this done by this day. What do you suggest is the best way to do it? Mm -hmm. And we're going to check in all along the way so that they can find their own way, but within this very structured environment. Mm-hmm. What are the first steps would you suggest to a leader who hears this podcast, who hears what you're saying and says, oh, my gosh, that's one thing we're not doing right here. I've been a little loosey goosey with, you know, my policies and procedures. What are the first steps in getting that structure built into your operations? Well, the, the easiest thing you can do, you know, in the next 30 minutes is just go take back all your job descriptions from your HR department or, you know, whatever lawyer you had write <laughs> these at one point or whoever you stole them from, just, just go steal those job descriptions back and then interview the people in the field and then just write about what they do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody ever says that's not in my job description when 
the job description is accurate, right? So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> let's let's start with real basic clarity around just the job description and explain not only the tasks that they're supposed to be doing in the field on a hourly, weekly, monthly basis, but also incorporate some of the values and behaviors that we want to see, and and explain that the best in this given role not only complete all their work and do their their paperwork, but they're really conscientious about their peers. And they're always asking if somebody else needs help, mm-hmm. right? And going that extra mile. And let's write the job description that way and create that clarity. And by the way, if you want to take more than 30 minutes to do this right, what I would suggest is you make three or four versions of the same job. Mm. So if you have a shoveler, let's get shoveler one, shoveler two, shoveler three, and, and shoveler four. And each one gets a 50 cent pay raise. And each one has a different level of required experience. And each one shows proficiency with a different tool Mm -hmm. that they have to use. And each one shows a greater level of buy-in to these values that are so important. And now when somebody comes and says, Neil, I need a dollar more an hour, instead of having to argue with them about if they're worth it or not, I can just pull out this, this, what I call path to growth. And mm-hmm. say, hey, you're you're at shoveler two right now. I'd love to pay you a dollar an hour more. You got to get to shoveler four. And here's the gaps. You need 20 more hours on the job. You need to learn how to use the snowblower safely. And you need to demonstrate a little bit more conscientiousness because that's the important value for us. And mm-hmm. if you do those three things, then in two weeks we can sit down and you'll be at this level. And I'll gladly pay more for better staff because that's the whole, that's what we're all trying to get at, right? Mm-hmm. Is better staff. Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me ask you this. Um, in, in your experience with working with leaders to um, modify and improve uh, not only how they're executing uh, their processes and procedures, but also in building culture, why, why do you think they have blinders on sometimes with regard to, you know, um, what they think is right compared to what they, what really works? Well, I think that. Um... Unfortunately, people uh, are doing this for the quick hit and and they're assuming that when people are happy, it's going to relate to better job outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not reality, right? If I wanted the happiest snow crew in the world, then I would buy them hotel rooms and send them up with pizza and let them come shovel, you know, 15 minutes every hour they got picked. <laughs> And they'd be thrilled, yeah. right? But that's not going to help us sign me up. Job. That's not going to help us get the job done, right? Uh-huh. And so um, we have to separate the the feelings a little bit from the reality. And leaders are are having those barbecues, and everybody loves it because they're getting paid and they're not working, and they're saying thank you. And the leader gets to feel like they're the best guy in the world for a day. And and you know if that's what you're doing this for, then that's great. But it doesn't introduce long term fulfillment. You know, a week later. Um, that guy or that gal is still uh, yapping at their spouse after work about how much it sucks mm-hmm. and, and you know, how the other company on LinkedIn gets two barbecues a month. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that there's, there's a fair amount of self delusion happening and most people have never dived into the real science behind it. Um, you know, but for the companies that I work with that have uh, opted to take this assessment from Google, from Gallup mm-hmm. and figure out, what they're where they actually stand globally compared to every other company and then strategically make improvements uh, they don't get that quick emotional hit but their people are more fulfilled their retention goes up um, their productivity and sales and profit go up 
And at the end of the day, that's what makes us a great business rather than, you know, and, and they're having fun too at the end of the day, because they all have more money to have more fun. <laughs> that's, that's very fascinating insight. Hey, one last question before we wrap up, uh, since you, do talk about you know the science behind this and and being well researched on this topic um uh, f- can you forecast will we ever is this going to be the new normal with regard to how we hire and retain employees or will this you know is this temporary uh, will will there be a time when it flips back to how it used to be where it was a you know an employer's uh, marketplace and uh, there was you know very you know very little competition for for these sorts of jobs yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I'm definitely not a, a fortune teller. So uh, <laughs> what's the future hold? Uh, I'm not sure. It probably has some ups and some downs, right? Mm-hmm. And um, if we have another major economic situation like we did in 2008, 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. um, definitely it's going to be easier for people to hire uh, employees because there's going to be more people out of work. Um, I don't know that that's a better alternative, right? Mm-hmm. That, that was a pretty crappy time to be in business, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Yep. Um, I will say that, you know, long-term trends, I think, are going to support this current reality because uh, coming out of the Industrial Revolution and the 200 years after it, um, we've really changed the way that we live. We're having less children. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've introduced a lot more outsourcing and mechanized ways of doing work. And so it's, it's going to continue to be a situation where there's just more jobs than people as this economy continues to speed up. Um, and, and I think that uh, even if it's, it's temporarily this bad and really Mike, I hope it is right. I hope that all of my fellow business owners get some reprieve from this insane market. But I don't see it going back to you can hire anybody you want for whenever you want. Um, I do think we're going to see $15 an hour minimum wage mm-hmm. nationally in the next five years. Uh, I do think that um, people are going to continue to value growth and development. And, you know, Gen Z is coming along and um, they're they're really all about taking a political stand and having a, a mission and purpose and and being part of your job and so um i feel like no matter what the economy is in terms of unemployment we will continue to see this great desire by employees to offer more than just take care of my basic needs um you know like we did 50 years ago 